the clarity alone, I think is worth its weight in gold. Like just having a clear mindset of how you approach your career and it's empowering at the end of the day, it feels powerful. Like you are making decisions intentionally. Yes. Not everything goes according to what plan you put in place, but those are the things that when you have that mindset of being the CEO of your career and you have a lot of the schools and toolkits that you've given us, the challenges, they're less relevant and just easier to handle. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the B2B Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Nils Vinya, and today my guest is Derek Squires. Derek, welcome to the show. Hey, Nils. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here too, Derek. We've known each other for a little while now, and today's episode is going to be digging into your background and your progression and, and progression as a leader. And we've been working, working together. You've invested heavily in yourself. You've gotten some tremendous results. So I wanted to bring you on, talk through this a little bit like a case study of what's possible when you go through some of the steps that you did. But before we get into all that, would you share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Yeah, no. So as you mentioned, my name is Derek Squires. I live in Durham, North Carolina. I work remotely driving revenue retention and expansion for a B2B SaaS company. Fantastic. All right. So driving revenue, retention, expansion, B2B SaaS company. Those are, those are some big things to uh, be responsible for, especially at this point in time, the point of our recording kind of towards the end of, of 2023, getting into 2024. Um, tell us a little bit more about your role specifically, and are you in a full-time leadership role or are you in a hybrid role as you are progressing into the leadership full-time? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm in the latter. I'm a team lead right now. So I work with a team of customer success managers uh, and I spend 60% of my time focused on accounts and working my own book of business. And then 40% of my time on team leadership, trying to drive some of the more important strategic initiatives and, and really help, help our teams, you know, steer the ship a little bit. Okay, so we got a 60-40 split, and I remember that time when I got into a team lead position, and I had a nearly identical setup to you, and that was a really, really difficult time because you're, on the one hand, required to do all the things you did exceptionally well as just a dedicated CSM individual contributor responsible for a book of business, and on the other hand, you're also supposed to be a leader to this group of people. So tell us a little bit, a little bit about you know, some of the challenges that you face in this role and splitting your time between the, the IC work and the leadership work. Sure. Yeah. So I would say in the beginning, it actually started with like preemptive ambition where like I knew that I wanted to get into leadership. And so I started to, you know, at least have those conversations directly. Something I learned along the way was you can't expect the organization to know what you want. And so one thing that you've brought a lot of clarity to is the concept of being a CEO of your career. And so I knew that that was my ambition. And so I started to have those conversations. And then when I was finally, you know, I progressed into the team lead position, I realized I actually don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I, I was like, what, what is exactly does the leader need to do? So I had been consuming a lot of content, uh, podcasts, books, LinkedIn connections, and, and following different various thought leaders. And so I did realize that there's a lot to consume and it's really hard to take all of that and all of these disparate methods and, and approaches to leadership and then actually apply it to what I need to do on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, so, so that's actually, yeah. Let, let me ask you about that because I experienced something very similar early on too. And, and I was the same as you when I, as soon as I knew that I wanted to be in a leadership position, I 
just championed that and made sure everybody <laughs> knew it. And sure enough, it, it did happen. But what you said there was you, were, you realized at that point that you actually didn't have the skill set to be successful in that position, despite all the pushing and hard work you did to get there, which is, that's one thing. But the second thing you said was that you con were consuming a ton of content, right? Experts, books, podcasts, all those things. What was it like trying to consume all those things and then piece together something that would make sense in your world? Yeah. So it was very much a, it, it was a piecemeal approach where I'd be, you know, kind of the, the funnel would be open. I'd get a lot of content and then some ideas would stick like, oh, I can apply that to here. I can apply this to this situation. You know, for example, just trying to drive adoption with our team. And I, I would see an adoption idea on LinkedIn and try to flesh that out. And uh, knowing that those are strategic things that you want to do when you're in a leadership position. Uh, the challenge was that relying on these things to happen kind of serendipitously throughout your journey doesn't bring any cohesion to the to the uh, approach. It's not strategic to do it that way, right? You're just kind of firing bullets ran in random direction. And so I, I just quickly did realize that I needed to have a framework that covered all the things that I needed to do. I needed to know, you know, what are the things I need to focus on? And so, yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of led me to the B2B Academy and all the things that you've been teaching. So yeah, we'll, we'll wanna, I want to get into your experience in the Leadership MBA in just a little bit. But that pivot point where you said, I, I realized that I needed a complete framework to handle all the things I was doing. Was there a particular incident that drove you to that conclusion? Or was it a you know frustration after all this time of like, okay, I see one thought leader say this, I see another thought leader say this. They kind of contradict each other. There's too many of them out there. What was the what was the the lead up to that decision that like I gotta find something holistic here? Yeah, that's a great question. Um trying to think through and I'm it really doesn't feel like there was one in like moment of like critical mass. It was more of just the the sense of overwhelm, really, and trying to like look at my week, look at my day. How am I going to structure it? What am I going to focus on? And that's where I started to realize that I needed better tools. Uh, my current systems would started to break down, right? So trying to manage both sides of the aisle. Yeah, I just didn't have an approach, to be honest with you. Yeah, uh, no, and that's. Totally fine. And tell me more about that overwhelmed feeling, because I've certainly been there. I'm sure a lot of people listening to our conversation have been there. But what was it like feeling that sense of overwhelm for you and just not having anything there? You had to go out and find it. Yeah. So it, it feels like sitting at your, you know, your your remote desk, looking at your computer screen and you have these moments of like you're almost frozen where you, you're not doing anything, but you're trying to figure out what to do and trying to look at your calendar and say, well, what's team lead? What's like, what's individual contributor work? And so I, I did actually start there where I tried to just use Google calendars, like labels and colors and try to just tag activities. And I realized quickly that there was no rhyme or reason to what was happening when and how it was structured. So I guess that would actually be the moment of of the inflection point where I was like, okay, I need a better way. And so I started to explore like courses and yeah. Good. Okay. So you hit that inflection point. You got, you're kind of in this frozen state full of overwhelm. Like they have been following piecemeal strategies that you've come across on, on podcasts and on LinkedIn, et cetera. And then you said, I need a holistic approach. I need a framework to cover everything. So what did you do to go out and find that? Yeah, so I actually, 
I remember it was one of your one of your posts on LinkedIn. So ironically, it was from one of the channels of content I was consuming. And I saw you start talking about your leadership at the time it was the Academy. And it was a very interesting way to get live feedback and engagement with other leaders and other people that are already doing it or trying or wanting to do it. And then also yourself as a, as an experienced leader. And so I came across that, started to invest a little bit of time looking into what exactly you were teaching. A lot of the approaches I had seen in the 30 day leadership book that you give out free. And, and even going through that as a piece of content, like wrapping that all into what are the things you need to actually do? Right. There's a lot of things you can read about, oh, this is a way to go about it or this is a way to go about it. But to actually then be able to take an actionable step, um, I think, is what it seemed to really stand out in, in what you teach and how you teach it. And so, yeah, I mean, we could talk about that, that those initial sessions where you would host, host workshops and then I could immediately apply what I was doing. And that's when the information sticks, where you, know, you have an initiative that, I, like, for example, I was trying to drive. A, a way to do churn reviews that was a little bit more standard across our team. And that was right after the frameworks lesson, right? And immediately I was like, I need a framework for this and I need to do it quickly and I want to make it impactful. And so I just started to build it out and realize, okay, well, what, what does the framework consist of? Three to four or three to five key things. I recruited ChatGPT to give me a couple ideas. One stuck and I went with it. And then I just adapted the entire thing to what is our organization actually doing and trying to do what are the you know components that need to be custom to what you know we're trying to accomplish and and it worked and i pitched it to my leader they loved it because it was simple and straightforward it was easy to digest and we've been using it to review churned accounts and have actually turned it into a more formal proactive red account review so it kind of just started to snowball i think that would probably be the like the second inflection point when learning just communicating in frameworks and how powerful it can be, not only for the people that you're communica communicating with at a leadership level, but also just for the way that you think and how you try to put the pieces together to tell the story or to create the pitch. That's, uh, that's, that's an awesome, awesome example. And I remember when you brought that challenge to there and it was right at that time we were running through that training piece and how fast you took action. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And then you got the results, right? You got the immediate adoption from not only your leadership, but also everybody else in the org. And that's what it's all about. Right? Taking a leadership tool, breaking it down, following the steps, applying it to your situation and getting a result, right? As, as conceptually as simple as that. So prior to, if you hadn't been in my program at that point in time, and you needed to create this churn review process, what do you think you would have done or might have gone through if you didn't have this whole eye-opening piece on the frameworks and how to communicate that way? Honestly, I probably would have spent a few hours just trying to do research or figure out like, where do I start rather than know I need a framework. Like just knowing I need a framework and starting from that point, you know, helped me just sift through all the noise, right? Like I, it would have taken me a while just to really get started. And so I think the initial inertia is really where the clarity came is like, just, I knew what I needed to do. And then from there, I recruited a ChatGPT, gave me some ideas. And then from that point on, I mean, it's, there were probably hours saved just being able to go right to what needs to be done and how to do it. Yeah, so that's wonderful. I mean, in a role where you are split time, right? This was more on the leadership side. So you're 40% of your time, but you just save several hours using one tool for one project 
And that's tremendous. And you got a huge result and we're recognized for it. And now that's the standard in the organization. And that's just so cool, right? That's just the power. And I love hearing your story about that and what it would have taken without that tool is hours and hours of trying to figure out where to start. And then once you find out where to start, you still got to figure out all the other steps. But in the tool, that's why we tell you, teach you how to where to start and what the steps are to go through it, leverage some GPT, and boom, there you go. All right, in, infinitely more efficient than you were before. So this gets to the topic of productivity, which is a hot topic from a leadership perspective because there's only so many hours in the day and there's so many demands on your time. So from a productivity perspective, how much more productive do you feel that you are going through my leadership MBA program and the predecessor of the academy to give you that entire leadership toolkit structured approach to all the things that you need to do? Yeah, well, so I'd say, I mean, that last uh, example kind of highlights that, you know, hours and hours of time uh, has been saved. And when you have 40% of your week, which is roughly 16 hours throughout the week, being able to save three to four of those, I mean, that's that's huge, right? And bring that down. So I'm much more productive. I feel like I'm able to even just when new situations arise, because one thing you've definitely hit hit home with is that there will always be new problems to solve every week. There will never be a retraction of problems. There will always be coming at you. Uh, and so just being able to even effectively understand like what needs to be done when I think has been uh, a huge productivity boost, right? Because uh, prioritizing is part of productivity because uh, you're focused on the right things at the right time. And then you're able to act on them, execute them much more quickly. So yeah. yeah. I mean, that's Wonderful. I mean, productivity is the name of the game, right? In the in the end. And as leaders, at whatever level that is, whether you're IC, manager, director, VP, C-level, doesn't matter. If you're more productive, you're more efficient. If you're more efficient, you can add more value. If you can add more value, you can demand a higher price in the market or a better opportunity for you. And it all comes back to something you said before, which was being the CEO of your career. And we'd love to hear your progression to getting to the point where you confidently say, now I am the CEO of your career. And I know this 100% knowing you that you are, but it wasn't always that way, was it? So tell us a little bit about what it was like before and then we'll talk about the transition to where you are now. Yeah. So as I've been reflecting on this more, like going through the the leadership MBA and, and even just the first pillar of leadership around personal leadership, the journey kind of starts there where I, when I really look back to even as far back as fifth grade, it was, I was taking personal leadership at certain points in time, not knowing I was doing it and it was driving results, but there was no intentionality. Like if you don't have the framework to think about what you're doing and what your intentions are, it was really hard to, to really know why you're successful. And so, I mean, I remember I was in fifth grade graduation and it was like classic, you know, childhood story where, and my mom still tells the story today where I, I did really well in school. I love to compete. So I, I treated everything like a game, fifth grade graduation morning comes. I'm not, I wasn't one for style and, and fashion, but I got to get dressed up. So I put on a polo, put on some khakis, we go out the door. And then as they start to go through the ceremony, the principal starts to announce our names. And when my name was called up, I start to walk up the aisle. Well, that was when not only did my mother, my father and the rest of the crowd realize it, um, but I also realized that I forgot to put a belt on. And so I'm walking up and back and forth, back and forth five or six times at least throughout the ceremony. 
and didn't, didn't have a belt on, right? And so it was a very, very small lapse of personal leadership. My mother might say it was my father's fault and he was responsible, but at the end of the day, you know, I was old enough to put a belt on. And uh, yeah, so it's like, those, those are the kind of things that have happened along the way where you achieve something and then, you know, a kind of lapse in personal leadership. And then, yeah, I mean, uh, from there is, you know, more of the same going through high school. I was, I remember being, I was the captain of the baseball team again, didn't know what to do in a leadership position. I just achieved my way there. Mm -hmm. And I remember probably the first scrimmage of the, of the off season, my senior year and captains are usually the ones that give those pregame prep speeches. And I just didn't know what to say. I was, I just didn't know what to say, how to communicate it to the team. You know, I didn't have a framework to like put it together a quick little unstoppable, you know, presentation, so to speak before the game. And so I ended up trying to be a leader and delegating that to someone that one of my teammates who was a little bit better at that. So it was, it was, yeah, it's, it's been a journey. And then, yeah, it's been an up and down since then going into like my early career where I realized that, you know, you, after you come out of college, if you don't have like a career, uh, a clear direction or career that you want to go right into, you know, especially with an English major, it's very nebulous what you can do with it. I just was trying to follow what everyone else was supposed to be doing at the time. So I tried to get into finance and then I started to, I became a personal trainer. And then I just realized I wasn't really taking control of what I was doing. So uh, I was in my early uh, or mid twenties when I just said, I need to go back to school. I need to, I need to reinvest in something that is aligned to what I'm interested in. And at that time it was data, wearable technology and, and engineering. And so I went back and got an engineering degree. And then from there, I'd say it's been a, a snowball into feeling more and more like I was the CEO to the, until you put the label on it of what I was actually doing and just kind of cleared all of the, the haziness around the, the approach. So, okay. No, that's, that's awesome. Just progression. And I have very similar parallel to you. We've talked about it before. I won't share all the background stories, but that the feeling describe the feeling that you get now being in hundred percent control of your destiny, of your career, of your progression, what promotions you get, what jobs you work in, what roles you get. Ultimately, it's 100% up to you as a CEO of your career. So what's the feeling that you get now as a result of being able to fully embrace and, and just believe that? Well, the clarity alone, I think, is worth its weight in gold. Like just having a clear mindset of how you approach approach your career and it's empowering right at the end of the day it feels powerful like you you are making decisions intentionally yes not everything goes according to what plan you put in place right but those are the things that when you have that mindset of being the ceo of your career and you have a lot of the schools and toolkits that you've given us the challenges are are more they're, they're less relevant and and just easier to handle so i'd say peace of mind clarity and a feeling more empowered to take control i think have have been the, the real key feelings i've had over the last six months yeah that's awesome and you know i went through the same emotions same feelings going from that point and it was one pivotal Saturday morning and then the first semester of grad school where a presenter came into our auditorium and I was sitting in the third row back and he just, they introduced him, everybody clapped. The presenter didn't say a single word, not a single word. He just stared what felt like directly into my eyes and then just opened with a question. He just said, are you the CEO of your career? And I was like, 
the what and the what and the what? <laughs> I have no idea. What do you mean? And I was like, in that moment, that was the biggest, one of the biggest pivot points I've ever had. Cause I actually saw my entire career flash before me in that seat, in that auditorium that Saturday morning. And I couldn't believe it. And I realized, I actually started to get angry with myself because I realized, like you were just describing, I was always letting other people direct me. I was always letting other, my boss, my companies, whatever, tell me where to go, what to do, what I could learn, what I couldn't learn. You know, I was not for almost 10 years of my professional career. I was not a, I was not the CEO of my career, 100%. I admit that. And I did not invest myself either. Like it was, if the company was, I felt, I felt, honestly, I think I even said this verbally at some point, but I work for this company, therefore they should train me. And that was my whole mentality. And that's the reason why I was an IC at the beginning of coming out of undergrad and starting to work professionally. And 10 years later, I was still an IC and it was very, very clear. But once I made that switch and once I went through a similar transition to what you did, and everything was in my control and I invested in myself and I got a, an MBA in management and organizational behavior. I became a certified leadership coach even before I was ever in a people leadership position because I, like you, recognized that there was a skill set gap. I was going to need to fill that if I was going to get into a leadership position and be successful. And then from that point forward, I went from an IC to a VP in two and a half years. So I spent 10 years doing nothing for myself, waiting for other people to tell me what to do, not being the CEO of my career. And then in one quarter of that time, flew up through the ranks from IC to VP in two and a half years. And it was just the biggest aha opening, just eye-opening thing. And I tell that story all the time because I want to inspire other people to believe that as well, right? Long gone are the days where we will work for one company for our entire career. That doesn't happen anymore, right? And it is on you, every single individual, whatever level you're at, whatever point you're at in your career, wherever company you work for is on you to increase your value. If you increase your value, you get more opportunities. It's that simple. You do not need to wait for opportunities to come to you. You need to take them, but it requires making that decision. Yeah. So Derek, so you made that decision and now you're living in a place that is completely different from where you were before, where you have this you know, much higher level of clarity, much more freeing feeling. And so describe, just describe what life is like today. Like, you know, challenges are going to come tomorrow. Like, what is it like on a day-to-day -day basis now, living in this world, having gone through this program and this training and having this toolkit? What's life for you like now? Yeah, I, I would say it is basically like knowing on any given day, you can handle pretty much any challenge that comes, right? If it's a new initiative that is inspired in the organization and you wanna take control over it, or if it's um, a role change where you need to step into a new place, knowing how and what to do to make an immediate impact and put yourself in the best position to succeed. That, that's what it's like, it's great, I love it. I couldn't recommend that kind of investment in that kind of a program enough because it, yeah, it's just sifted through all of the noise. And there is so much noise out there. There's so much confusion or just conflicting perspectives. And so picking one and diving all in into it and finding the one that resonates the most with you, I think will will set anybody up for success. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, that that level of confidence, I can hear it in your voice too, that no matter what my role, my team, my org, my customers, anybody throws at me, 
I've got tools to know I can handle the situation. Doesn't matter what it is. That's the that's the freedom. That is true freedom right there. Where it's like put me in any position inside of any company, and it'd actually be kind of fun because I would be completely comfortable and yeah. know exactly what to do with this framework. And what I do in that organization or that situation is going to be different depending on the situation, but I know how to approach it. And that's the big piece of this whole leadership world is that if you have an approach and you have a framework, and you have a structure, everything fits into that. And then you can know where to go. Derek, when it came to investing in the leadership MBA and investing in yourself, did you make this investment on your own or was this something that your company sponsored? Yeah, so it's self-sponsored and a lot of it came back to you know, looking at the cost of the program, what type of impact it looked like it can have, and then, you know, just figuring out what's, what's, what am I willing to set as a target for an ROI? Like what, how far in advance do I think this is going to pay off? And so that's why, you know, initially when I joined your program, it, uh, the structure you have is great because it was, you know, it, it was, I was able to just, you know, almost test it, was, it out. A little it was bit. flexible. It was yeah, flexible. It was flexible. Yeah. It was flexible. But then, I, I mean, I was pretty much hooked after the first first couple of sessions. So, yeah. So you brought up ROI. I'm glad you did. So how do you think about ROI now having gone through this and, you know, what you were originally thinking and projecting and now, you know, having all the experience and the confidence, where is the ROI today? Yeah. So I would say it, it kind of ties a bow on the being the CEO of your career, right? Because the CEO needs to talk about return on investment with their investors, right? So you're both the investor and you're the CEO. And so I try to think of it in the same way. I work with customers on a day-to-day basis. We want them to get an ROI on the product. So how much are you spending versus how much value is it delivering? Uh, and so that's that's the the uh, process I've been going through. Uh, right now, I'm in projection mode because this is really my first six months of of investment. Um, but I would say uh, I'm expecting it to pay off within the first 12 months, right? Which, again, it's like that's that's a tremendous investment and in return on investment, right? Yeah, I mean, in, investing in yourself, I've always said, is the the single greatest return you will ever get from any asset class. Better than real estate, better than stocks, better than you know precious metals, anything. There is no greater investment return than you will get on yourself, and that return will come in the in the you know the more intangible things like feeling confident and having clarity and saving time which turns into the more of the harder things because as you were talking about the productivity earlier is huge benefits and the time saved that you can apply to solve more problems so if you can solve more problems then you get the ultimate other benefit which is additional compensation whether that's in the form of base salary whether it's in the form of new opportunities whether that's in the form of variable comp whatever it is those opportunities are only presented to people who are continuously adding more and more value and who are solving bigger and bigger problems for the organization and become more and more important. So you're you know, right at the point, perfect point to restart realizing all of those downstream you know, costs because of returns because you've invested so much now and now you get to see them come full fold back to you, which is just awesome. I'm excited for you. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really true. And I even think back to the personal investments, right, and health and wellness and stuff, which ties into the personal leadership pillar. And yeah, I, I had a similar type of investment a couple of years ago, and it was for a personal uh, fitness goal. And it did the same thing and it paid off, right? The goal was to, it was at the time I was uh, running marathons and the goal was to qualify for Boston. So I had to invest in a program that would get me there and it paid off, right? And it's when you 
when you just make that intentional decision and are okay with just get past, I think sometimes it's that it is that financial upfront investment, right? That's the biggest thing. It's like any other investment. It's hard to get past that, that inertia, letting go of the, of the dollars and cents. But once you do it once, once you do it twice, it becomes so much easier and you really just grasp the, the value of it. So yeah, love it. Love it. And, and one other way I like to think about that investment or getting over that initial financial piece, and I use this myself for every program I invest in, every coach I work with, is when it comes to the return, like where is it going to come from? Is it going to come from the feeling and the, and the clarity and the confidence? Or is it going to come in the form of money? and hard dollars. And a lot of times when you're in a leadership position, like you're in a team lead in a split role, right? We look at, okay, what's the next level position? And the next level position is a management, 100% management position. And then what's the next level position after that? Well, it's, it's after manager becomes either senior manager or director. And we can very quickly and easily through things like salary.com, find out what the um, average salary is for those different positions. And we look at that and we look at the delta between what the salary is today. And then we just calculate, okay, well, if I want to get X amount, let's say it's $20,000 more per year that would come with a full-time manager uh, salary or director or whatever the next, next level is, if I want to get $20,000 per year more, how much am I willing to invest now in order to get future money? Right, so it's always that question because it will come if you do the work, put in the effort, put everything into action, get results just like you've done. You deliver more values, more opportunities. More opportunities means you're going to get be on the short list for that next promotion. So if you do that, well, next year I want to get twenty thousand dollars more in base salary. Okay, well, how much am I? Maybe I'm willing to invest five thousand dollars now. So if you invest five thousand dollars now and you get twenty thousand dollars more per year in a one-time $5,000 investment, and then $20,000 more per year in the next 12 months, that's a 400% return on just a one-time investment of $5,000. And so, yeah, five grand sounds like, oh my gosh, I could never do that. But then you look at that and you're like, well, would I pay five grand to get 20 back in, in a year? Damn, that sounds pretty good. Sign me yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, right? And and with all the time, you know, uh, and I've done it myself, you, you can spend on the stock market trying to get 8%, 9% a year over, over time. What you just outlaid was a four hundred percent return in one one year, right? Yeah. So it's, it's a no brainer. It. It's easy, right? And that's that's the mental hurdle that we all go through. And like I said, that's the exact same formula I use for every single program that I sign up for. Because I sign up for lots of programs too. I got to keep pushing myself, keep investing in myself, make myself more valuable for the leadership MBA community and my clients. And it, it never stops, right? But that's the fun part. As long as I'm adding more value. I know that there will be more opportunities for me. And just the same as you. you. As long as you're adding more value, there'll be more opportunities. Whether it's in your current company, whether it's in a future company, it doesn't matter. right? It's about creating opportunities, and those opportunities come to the people who add more value. Yeah, that's that's great. Actually, it makes me want to ask the question, Nils, for someone like you in your position who's you know teaching myself plus other people who are much higher in organizations than I am, all the way up to what I've seen, VP and uh, CCO level, right? what kind of programs does someone like you invest in at this point in your career? Yeah, so I, I look heavily at the, at, always at the gaps. Where is the gap in my skill set? I'll share with you one that I signed up for in the last 12 months and one that I'm in currently right now. So one I signed up for the, in the last 12 months was to work with a coach who is a world-class expert in the marketing field. 
And marketing is a challenging thing. It's not something that I was naturally born perfectly able to do. And I've had to invest heavily to learn the foundational skills to be able to support myself um, in my own running my own business, which is going on nine years now. And I've continuously looked for other coaches and programs and things to help me with that. So I invested in that program with that coach and I paid, I paid that coach $15,000 for 10 hours of his time, 10 hours. So he charged $1,500 an hour. And that was to, we were, we were just saying like, that's a big, okay, I got to outlay 15 grand. What am I going to get? I get 10 hours with this world-class expert who I have followed and listened to podcasts and read his books and things like that. And I was like, but I get one-on-one -on -one time. Like that's, that's unique. That's special. He's going to look at my business and give me his perspective. And it ended up being a very, very, very worthwhile investment with a very high ROI, which is awesome. Now, the program I'm in right now is another marketing program, but it's completely different. And it was in the order of, it was less expensive than that one, but in the order of eight to $10,000. But it is a done with you program. So this is a program that's going to teach me a skill set to be able to reach more people with my message. And I said, well, the number one thing I got to do right now is share my message about the Leadership MBA and great stories, success stories like yours with more people. And I need somebody who's already figured this out who already has a beautiful program laid out literally step-by-step, week-by-week. And I said, that is exactly what I need. And I signed up as soon as I talked to them on the phone, right? It was just a no-brainer because I know what I will get back in return will be tremendously, exponentially more than what I invest. And so I always look at that return and those are the types of things that currently today I'm investing in because the Leadership MBA is in a great place. It has a beautiful structure. We're getting tremendous results and I have to get it in front of more people so that we can have a bigger impact on the world and help people become better leaders. That's great. Yeah. No, it's, as we continue to just talk about this, I, I really think back to, you know, probably high school where you're at that point where you can accept the message, like be the CEO of your career, right? And if that was taught in every high school setting or college setting even, just the concept, the CEO title, it resonates with everybody. Everybody knows that that's a powerful position to be in. You know, I wish it's, 25 and, and, years ago you had that, you know, I, like know. It, I, want, I should have been in, in your MBA class listening to that. And uh, it would have just made everything so much more, much easier. But I guess that's also part of the journey too. It's, it's part of the journey, right? Because yeah. <laughs> you can't fully appreciate it until you, you've been on the other side and until you've been on both sides, right? And once you make the switch and make the change, there was a, a person in our in your cohort in the Leadership MBA who took that message truly to heart and ended up as a result of that spurring a whole bunch of stuff inside of her, ended up leaving her position and going and finding a new role. And it was fascinating, right? And I was extremely happy for her because for almost 20 years, she had been in a very similar role in a very similar company. However, with that mindset and that psychological shift, the world opened up. And now all of a sudden she looked at it and said, wait a second, maybe this isn't the absolute best thing. And I don't have to settle for just what everybody tells me to do. Maybe I can make the, be the one who makes it. And within a couple of weeks, she already landed a new job and took off and did a phenomenal, has made a phenomenal transition, right? So it is so powerful, but like you said, it is up to the individual to take it. I can't, I can tell you, you need to be the CEO of your career, but until you believe it and until you do it, it's just words. It's just words. <laughs> so Derek, as we begin to wrap up here, um, 
curious if there's anything you would share, you know, from the heart about your experience in the leadership MBA with someone else who's listening to this, maybe thinking about it, or maybe thinking I, you know, should probably think seriously about becoming the CEO of my career. I'd like to learn more about that. What would you share with them? Yeah, I, I would really just boil it down to uh, what we were talking about before. Right now, it's so important to have clarity in what you're doing. Right? As you know, everyone is seeing how businesses are struggling for efficiency, right? And if you want to be efficient in what you're doing, you have to have clarity on what you're doing. That clarity brings confidence. That confidence brings action, and the action then becomes the result. And so, just just invest. Find something. And if it's not Nils, if it's not your program for someone at this point in their career, find another program, and that program will get the ROI. And then they'll be able to invest in the next best program. And then ultimately it'll either it'll lead to your program, hopefully, or just the right program for the person, because everybody resonates with a different message. You know, maybe the CEO of, of your career, uh, that, that concept doesn't resonate with everybody. And there's another yeah. way to put it. You know, I, I think that's really the key is just find something that resonates and and jump in, right? Jump into the pool, right? It's it's so much more rewarding when you, you finally make that leap. So just just do it. Yeah, just do it. And once you do, you won't look back. Right? There's, no t there's no point in turning back because the only things ahead are freedom, clarity, and more value. And uh, with more value, like I said, comes more opportunities. And with more opportunities comes a better life, whatever that means to you. And whatever part of the world you're in or whatever you love to do, it's 100% up to you. But there are tools, there are programs, there are frameworks, there are packages readily available to help you get where you need to go. You do not need to find out or figure anything out anymore, right? The state of the world and the state of the, especially the education part of the world, we have access to more education, more experts than ever before. And just like my examples with those marketing programs I'm in, like there's endless, endless amounts of people who have already been through the trenches, have already solved all the hard problems, have already figured out a way to teach you the simple version that took them sometimes like me 20 years to get to in order to teach something incredibly simple. So while it sounds simple, it was infinitely complex in the way to get there. Yeah, that's so true. One thing actually, now that I'm thinking about the, the ROI conversation, I'm going to go back. I, I wear a whoop band. So I want to see if my sleep quality has changed since we started the program, because the like that's something I'm starting to realize more recently. I'm, I'm waking up more rejuvenated, but let me see if I can tie the date back to the beginning of the program. And because that's another benefit that everybody loves. Everyone loves more sleep. So, oh, yeah, that's I know it's one of the biggest fuels for everything that you do, especially from a leadership perspective. So let's let's put a pin in that and come back to that in a future conversation. Have you back another six months or 12 months or whatever. Find out about your incredible progression, continuing to apply the tools. But thank you so much for sharing your time and your experience with us today. You've done a tremendous job becoming the CEO of your career, putting everything to action and just getting tremendous results. So thank you so much. Thanks Nils, it's been great to be here.